Welcome to Church Jams Now. Church Jams Now. This is a podcast where three former youth group kids and current music nerds do a deep dive on Christian music of the 90s and 2000s. Of course, I am one of your hosts, Kylan Savage. And with me, I have, as always, Mr. TJ Smith. Hey, what's up, party people? How's it going, jammers? Jammers. I always forget that we call people jammers. Yeah, I feel like the number of times we've called them jammers is the number of times you've forgotten that we call them jammers. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Which That's true. It's fun. And also laughing at my expense, we have our beautiful producer, Mr. Josh Olson. Hey. Winnie the Josh. Say. <laughs> hey, wow, that was like the... Josh, that was probably the most animated greeting that you've done on this podcast. I'm trying to get more lively, you know? Yeah. He's vibing that inner Pooh Bear. My my monotone research voice doesn't <laughs> translate well in an audio medium. So <laughs> trying to match that energy, yeah, guys. No, I like that. Can, Can we try that again? It. I love it. All right, let's try that again. Uh, and with us is our beautiful producer, Mr. Josh Olson. Hey, what am I, what are we doing again? <laughs> <laughs> I, I missed what we were doing again. That was I perfect. I just wanted to hear it again. That was perfect. You okay. nailed it. Uh, hey, happy to be back. I think I'm actually, if I edit this episode, I, I'm going to I'm gonna go in and just cut out your second hey and just put the Budweiser, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. Only 90s kids will remember. Uh, hey, <laughs> that's literally our target demographic. Yeah, right? I don't think any Gen Zers are listening to this. If you're out there, we appreciate you. We're glad you're here. Yes, no matter what generation. For real, no matter A, B, C, D, they are precious in his sight. <laughs> that was good. So if you guys couldn't guess, uh, today we are covering church nursery rhymes. Yep. We have Jesus Loves the Little Children. Uh, he's got the whole world in his hands. Mary had a little uh, lamb. Mary had a little Father lamb. Father Abraham. Oh, that's a good one. Sons. John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. <laughs> Don't think that one. <laughs> That's my favorite book of the Bible. <laughs> John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt, one or two, chapter two. Those were all of <laughs> yeah. those were all of Jacob's sons, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Jingleheimer. Yeah, yeah. Schmidt. his twelve sons. Jingleheimer. The 12, those are the twelve tribes of Israel. <laughs> Jingleheimer and Schmidt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we're getting off to a great, great start, as always. <laughs> we're also covering. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so just a little, a little peek behind the pop filter for listeners, you know, um, we tend to record these, uh, you know, we're not recording them the week that they're released. So without going into too much detail, uh, we actually had an episode that will have been out by this point that honestly, when you listen to it, you're not even going to know, but, um, we had some technical issues with the guest and we've had to pivot, uh, really hard and really fast. And so if we seem a little distracted, if I seem, so I'm not going to speak for you guys. If I seem a little distracted, uh, that's my ADD brain attempting to adjust uh, to what we're doing now. No, it's crazy how much different of a headspace you have to get into for just talking about a different album. A, right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's surprising. Mm -hmm. Wait now, Kylan, wait a, a darn tootin angle in second what what <laughs> are you are you proposing time travel you're saying there's an episode that's not been recorded yet that's already gonna have come out at the time that we're listening to this episode now yes yes now you just melted my brain uh, or or maybe if if we're if we're in a different 
an alternate dimension, maybe that episode hasn't come out yet. Well, now you're getting into multiverse theory. Of course. I can't keep up. I feel like I've done that a couple times. Should that be part of the CJN drinking game? <laughs> Anytime the multiverse is mentioned? Yes. <laughs> yeah. One multiverse mentioned. <laughs> Take a sip every time. <laughs> um. So, hey, what are we talking about today, guys? I, As you can tell, I'm probably going to need to be, like, wrangled in a little bit. I'm I'm a little bit ha-cha-cha today. <laughs> oh, Kylan. I think... Did TJ just turn into some kind of zombie? Romero. Oh my gosh. Night of the Living Dead. I'm so excited to talk about it. Welcome to Zombie Jams Now. With your host, Undead Teach. I'm sure this is exactly what they meant by titling their album. I have no this. doubt. Yeah. I know that's what they were talking about. Just big zombie movie fans. That was good. Also, can I just say, between the the two of y'all, y'all were both on the same page with that bit, and it took me entirely too long to like <laughs> catch on to what was happening. I knew it was just a matter of time. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, no, I got you. I got you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's part of the so fun. I need someone else to talk for a little bit. <laughs> okay, that's part of the fun is just seeing how long it takes to rein you in, like you said. Uh, that's that's part of the entertainment for me. Yeah. No, I'm excited to talk about this one because. Audio Adrenaline was a a cool one, a big one for me, and I haven't, I definitely haven't dug into them personally, and we haven't, as a podcast, really dug into them. We have not at all. So it was inevitable. Yeah, it was a big band we'd have to get to eventually. Yes. Pretty early oh, on, it was inevitable. It's fitting. Yes, it you was mean the worst ever. Just like your favorite <laughs> song on Cities, Kylie's favorite Amberlynn song, without a doubt. He he always brings it up. It was inevitable. Yeah. Yep. Let's walk away. That was the worst song on that record. Yeah, no, dude, I'm excited to talk about Audio Adrenaline. Yeah, there's a lot we could talk about with Audio Adrenaline. I'm so feeling some Audio Adrenaline. I hope right you now. guys are ready for oh, ready. a lot of the knowledge. And I got like two pages of research. There's Woo! a lot to talk Hell about. Hell yeah. This. Drop that knowledge on so us. So we'll try to go quick. Let's do it, man. But if you don't know about Audio Adrenaline, they were formed in 1986 in Grayson, Kentucky. That's wild. I didn't know that they were that old. Yes, that old. They didn't put out their first album until 1992, so they'd been together, but they put out their first album quickly after they were discovered by Toby Mac and signed to DC Talks label Forefront because I guess he hadn't founded Goatee Records at the time because, mm. I mean, 1992, like, free at last hadn't even come out yet by then. Oh, so wow. He wasn't even, they he wasn't like Toby Mac at that point. He was still just dude in a three-piece. Tobias McDonald. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Toby McKeon, I think, is his actual last name. I like Kylan's version better. Yeah, no, that's good. Just make alt personalities. That's his D&DC characters. <laughs> D&D. Yes. Oh, my God, yes. Tobias McDonald. Tobias McDonald. <laughs> uh, they, okay, so we could get real into the weeds with that, but we'll try not to. So their career longevity is a little complicated because they were from 1986 to 2007, but then they came back from 2012 to 2017, and they had, like, their original band run was up to 2007. But in 2012, they returned, in quotes, with only their bassist um, in the band, though the former lead singer was involved, but he wasn't able to be in the band because he 
uh, he has vocal cord damage that oh, um, is caused by a disorder known as spasmodic dysphonia. Whoa. But basically, like, they had to end the band because, like, his voice literally just couldn't, like, he couldn't sing. And I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, that sounds like it could be an audio adrenaline record name. <laughs> honestly, yeah. <laughs> oh, brutal. I, I saw them one time, um, and this was, like, after the fact. They were doing, like, an acoustic, like, songs and stories. And I think it was their bassist, Will, Will McGinnis, and then Mark Stewart. And so they would, like, have, like, they just set up on stools, and then, like, they would play, like, songs, but, like, real chill and acoustic. And he was able, for the most part, to get through them. But, like, it was... It was rough because it was just, it sounded like it was painful for him and it was a little, like, just a sad situation because, you know, he wanted to sing and, like, it was cool being like, oh, those are the audio adrenaline guys, but his voice just literally was given out on him. Right. But, but you weren't really seeing them in all their glory. Yeah. It, it was after they, the band was over, so they were just kind of making, like, an appearance. Um, but, so that is something that we'll get into. I guess we'll talk a little bit more about the members, but when they reincarnated in 2012... Uh, they came back with none other than Kevin Max from DC Talk as the lead vocalist. Yeah. So that was just like, there's just like in that period of like the mid 2000s, 2010s. This is the 2010s, yeah. The 2010s, like all, all of the major Christian rock bands that we grew up with just, just like playing musical chairs yeah exactly like just swapping dc talk members yeah because at this point michael tate i think he joined in like 2009 or something like that so yeah. he had already been in newsboys for a couple of years leading newsboys for a couple of years so then so it kind of, kind of made sense because what else was kevin max doing right um but then even more musical chairs because kevin max was only on their 2013 album and then they had another complete reshuffle of the band where they didn't even have original bassist Will McGinnis in the band for their 2015 album. And they brought in Adam Ag or yeah, Adam Ag from stellar cart to do lead vocals. Oh, weird. And so, wow. and it was a complete, like at this point it was a completely different so band. So that's not even the same band. Not even, not even one so, member. So whose decision was that? That just sounds like a record label kind of being like, Hey, I was going to say, this whole thing feels like like pro sport trading. Like right. somebody is is like behind the curtain, just like, well, let's throw Kevin Max on there. No, wait. Uh, he doesn't want to do it I'll anymore. I'll trade you for Adam Agee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, that just feels super weird that none of the original, like, that's not. I mean, that's like the way I feel like they would swap out like boy band members or something. Right. Like, I don't know. Like it's a corporate. I, move. I just, I, I can't imagine being in the original audio adrenaline and then having to like, like moving on from that band and then seeing it be something watching like it com- be continued. It, it, it's basically like, I, I imagine it's like how, uh, like John Carpenter and people felt when like Rob zombie remade Halloween, you know, it's like a movie remake, <laughs> you know, it's just like, yeah, this is like kind of the thing that I did but it's a new thing. Like it's got to just feel super weird. Yeah. But you're calling it the same. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. You could have like taken inspiration and called it something different, but you're just going right. to, yeah. yeah. Call it a spinoff band, you know, but they have the built-in fan base brand recognition, stuff like that. So that's, that's, that's what like reeks to me of like corporate. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like not 
made for any sort of like creative decision. No, that like kind of bums me out. It was a marketing move. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it is a bummer. Yeah, it's kind of and it makes me think of Josh. I think you mentioned this um, on our group text a while back, like the whole ship of Theseus quandary of like when is a band no longer the same band especially this situation that you just lined out for us i wouldn't consider anything after maybe 2014 like remotely the same band yeah i'd even say anything after 2007 was yeah a completely different band yeah that's a valid argument too because i mean i I respect bassist. I am a bassist. But I mean, if you are just the bassist, if, if the only between the original band and the new band is you just share a bassist. What band did we talk about this with recently? Sanctus Real? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, because they had their guitarist and drummer. Yeah. Guitarist and drummer. And then it's like, yeah. yeah which is right. better. Because at least guitar is informing more of the sound of things than basses. True. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. So. It's a good point. Say it? I'm a bassist, so I can say that. Yeah. yeah you you so, get to say that. It's okay. I'm not hating. I'm just acknowledging the yeah. facts. I have bass friends. I can say it. <laughs> I mean, you are a proponent for that sweet, sweet bass, Kylan, So He is. He's always yeah, that's true. going up, up to bat for that sweet, sweet bass. I love the sweet, sweet bass, man. Yep. Um, and then that lineup did not last long in it. They've just oh, been in 2017 for good reasons. <laughs> yeah. So they've been dormant for a long time and probably hopefully will never resurface again. I feel like that ship is that ship of theses has long sailed. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. good. Nice one. That's good. Oh, I like that. Thanks. Nice one. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Um for awards, they have two Grammy Awards for Best Rock Gospel Album in two thousand four and two thousand six. What what albums? What albums were those? Uh two thousand four would have been because this was we talked about this and the Reliant K one, I think, because mm. it was worldwide that beat out two oh, lefts. Oh, yeah. Right. And then 2006 was probably their Until My Heart Caves In, I think, which was their last studio album. Right. So, see, they're one of those bands that I kind of have like no knowledge of post that um was it hit parade was it like their greatest hits yeah kind of album yeah, it was like a one I think yeah um post that I don't have well there's the one album. I don't remember what it's called, but the album art's black and white, and it's got like a red, there's like an accent of red. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Standing on an ocean. Yes. That one's red. It's called Lift. Yeah. Lift. Okay. That's the last Audio Adrenaline that I listened to. Okay. Yeah. What year was that from? That was probably 02, 03, maybe. Hmm. I listened to that while putting together a Lego Darth Vader head while i was homeschooled that's pretty cool that's man. like like the sense memory that i have it's, like, it's a core memory yeah <laughs> i love that that makes me really happy so specific um yeah I, so it seemed to me like they kind of did had that same kind of trajectory as newsboys and that they started out like like i said like audio i haven't listened to a single audio adrenaline song in 15 years um but I remember their early stuff being more like kind of like grungy rock and roll a little bit weirder. And then they sort of like like Newsboys and Sanctus Real kind of moved into more of like a straight CCM space. Is that I mean, do you think that would be accurate or is that like 
do you guys have a similar i would say so yeah and they i mean they've still always had very like spiritually minded lyrics and stuff like big house was like on their 94 album or something like that so yeah it's not like they were just like singing about random stuff but 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 speaking like specifically like sonically yeah like i would say so because then after hit parade and really even a little bit before i would say i think this is kind of their last record before they start making that more ccm move actually right so i would say this is their last like kind of more artistic adventurous record yeah and then everything just starts getting more samey i mean it is i mean if you think about it because because when did this album come out we haven't gotten to there yet let's get into that and then we'll okay november 18th 1997 it will be 25 years old this year whoa Holy cow. Yeah, so 97. And they've done a couple albums already at this point. It was like four or five for them. Mm. Probably four. Hmm. This was like their big one, though, right? Like this one sort of broke them out. I would. I think one of their earlier ones. It's the first one that I was aware of. I mean, I think they had some bigger songs on it, but I mean, I think Big House is what put them on the map. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 And I think that was like 93 or 94. So, oh, yeah, don't censor me. 93. Yeah, 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 that one. Uh, talking about this record specifically, it was released on Forefront Records, uh, which that was the label they were on. Same label as DC Talk from 92 to 2007. Uh, this one's produced by John Hampton, but un- this is a first for CJN is that this producer actually has like some big like records under his belt. Oh, he yeah? produced three Gin Blossom records. Uh, their 1992, 1996, and 2006 albums, which I think their 1992 one is one of their big ones. Yeah, I mean, Jim Blossoms are a little bit one-hit wondery, right? Like, are they? Uh, I mean, there's Hey Jealousy. I don't know. No, got, like, you know, I don't know anyone following. that's like, hey, you know what my favorite band is? Jim Blossoms. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Right? That's like, fair. do you? I, was, I mean, I was saying that to you just the other day. <laughs> what are you talking TJ about? TJ is always talking about how much he loves Jim Blossoms. <laughs> But in addition to his Gin Blossoms credits as well, he also has two Grammy Awards. Oh, wow. Hmm. And not for just your standard best Christian rock gospel album that all of our uh, subjects have. He has an engineer. He was engineer on Jimmy Vaughn's Do You Get the Blues, which won 2001 Best Traditional Blues Album. Hmm. And he mixed the White Stripes album Get Behind Me Satan, oh, wow. which won Best Alternative Music Album in 2005. Dang. So this guy is like in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. And then he also produced Grandma Train's 1997 album oh, as well. <laughs> bringing it back to <laughs> our podcast. Welcome to Grandma Train now. So. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. So if you're playing the CJN drinking game, you've already taken a sip because I mentioned the metaverse. Take a full drink now that Josh has brought up Grandma Train. <laughs> Grandma Train. It's not a full sip until TJ gives us his catchphrase for Grandma Train. What? I have a catchphrase for that? What's TJ's catchphrase? What? Say, that's a grandma train wreck. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm too clever for my own good. I can't even you remember are. the stuff. That's one way to put You're it. You're always coming up with new bits. You forget the old ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The bit machine. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, big charts. Billboard 200 was 99. Billboard Christian is number five. Um, Spotify stats for this current record, when I looked it up on Spotify, the three most popular songs on here, Some Kind of Zombie, title track, is a little over half a million. Chevette 
is under half a million, which I remember that being on like a wow 1998 mm-hmm. album from back in the day. So I do yeah. remember that song. Mm-hmm. And then Blitz uh, is another, another popular song. It's popular because that one features the OC Supertones on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So, but they're all pretty modest streaming stats. They're really like low. Nothing, yeah, I they expect are them low. to be higher. Yeah. Weird. So, well, I think I we feel found like that's that with, a sign of a like sign of the times. The majority of their audience listening to music like on CD even now right. or or like rip CDs yeah. on the Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, we know. talked about that on another episode too. Yeah. Like in that like being in that weird position of like having a fan base that primarily cuz I had this on cassette tape. I didn't even have this on CD. Whoa. Oh, wow. That's crazy. And then moving into streaming and stuff is, yeah, uh, I can imagine there's a little bit of drop off there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I know. I wish I still had this cassette tape. That would be rad. Yeah. Sweet. That's cool. So, yeah, th- this seems like a, a pretty, before I called it out, it seemed like a pretty slick transition into, uh, like, where were we? What do we remember of this album? But now I've brought everything to a screeching halt by bringing up the fact that I transitioned very well. Expertly <laughs> transitioned. Uh, yeah, this album, I totally had it on cassette. This was one of my... <laughs> uh, when I was homeschooled and thought it would be cool to get into skateboarding, <laughs> I would skateboard in my garage uh, with... Full helmet, knee pads, same. Uh, elbow pads. I bet you looked so cool. Safety first. <laughs> and had a little white round boombox. That was actually my sister's. That I was just like, hey, I'm just gonna borrow this for a little bit. You can borrow any of my stuff, and <laughs> <laughs> would just take it. And uh, I had some kind of zombie, and I had, <laughs> I, I had. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Olivia Newton John. Yes. <laughs> what a pair. Physical. <laughs> Ooh. That's a good one to listen to while skating. <laughs> I can just imagine you in the garage just singing oh along to it, trying like, to Ollie. I was the weirdest fucking kid. But like yeah. that's those were the two cassette to, and adventures in Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> that's the icing on the cake, man. For when when you needed a little narrative. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been getting into it like before podcasts were even a thing. Like, <laughs> just skating in South Florida in my garage, in circles, in like a like an eight by eight, because our garage was packed with shit. Sorry, I'm just, I'm like, I'm recalling all of these memories now. Oh my god, they're bubbling and up, just kind of surprising you to some kind of zombie. Let's get physical. <laughs> And episodes of Adventures and Odyssey. I mean, hey. And you were just like, this is normal. This is what normal kids do just all the time. Like, jamming you? out, dude. <laughs> you were none the wiser. I mean, in your defense, the adventures of Wit and Eugene and, and the gang, they were pretty groundbreaking. Oh, my gosh. Did you really remember their names? Of course. Wow. Well, I was an Odyssey kid. That was impressive. Oh, my God. So, what do you guys remember from this album? <laughs> I'm so glad I'm already married. <laughs> like, I'm. Can I just say, like, before all of, like, I'm glad my wife knows all of the weird shit about me. 
you, you mean you don't want to create like a Tinder profile right now based on that story? Love listening Just... to Olivia Newton John and my garage while skating. <laughs> Big Adventures in Odyssey fan. Oh my god. Yeah, I don't think I had this CD actually. I think it was one that like friends of mine had, and I heard most of the tracks, and then I had the Hit Parade CD, and and my knowledge of of this album was informed largely by that so not much to be honest yeah i don't remember much from like the the whole album i do remember the song some kind of zombie but josh i want to hear a little bit about i want to hear some context from you first no it's about the same as tj i mentioned that i remember chevette being on that like wow 98 Mm -hmm. um my parents didn't even listen to audio adrenaline like my dad didn't have any of their cds my youth pastor had hit parade. Yeah. So I think I heard it when he would play that youth group and like riding around in his truck. But that was like really my only exposure. I kind of weirdly got into audio adrenaline phase like years later in college. It was a weird time in my life. (laughs) But, and I had this CD because I like found it for like a dollar. Nice. Um, But it wasn't one that I like got super into. So I have listened to, to it but i don't know really that much from it i didn't spend a lot of time with it Mm. so yeah i i do remember being even like 10 or 11 years old listening to this i remember specifically the song some kind of zombie i remember you know and and i obviously at the time i wasn't able to like articulate it in the same way but i remember it feeling a little subversive oh yeah of like like using the language of like zombies are from scary movies and using that within the context like like a Christian context right um it Being felt dead and raised to life yeah it felt super punk rock and intellectual yeah it's pretty clever yeah it was kind of like my makes you feel kind of smart my, yeah exactly it was the first sort of introduction I had to something that felt a little subversive and like weird and different yeah um that was like oh oh is this like it's not bad but they're like skirting the line maybe you know what i mean right right it's it's a little edgy yeah exactly i felt the same way about alien youth and i think obviously we are we've already covered that album jammers feel free to go back and check that episode out episode six volume six volume six but i think of these two uh i think of those two songs similarly because they're a little a little edgy like the sound is very kind of aggressive rock well and then you got zombies and aliens aliens yeah a lot of this sci-fi stuff whoa so but but this song usually sticks out like between the two this one wins out in my mind of like the stronger song and the stronger analogy and like a better jam ultimately yeah but yeah i have i have uh besides chevette i have i have no real recollection of the rest of this album yeah i know the three like i can think of how the the choruses for like the top three songs go that we mentioned but other than that i'm like i don't really know i don't remember anything else from it so yep yeah so i guess that leads us to what is your prediction what do we think is it gonna be a flop or a bop I feel like for me this might be one of those that kind of skirts over the line into bop territory. Okay. That's my call. I'm going to say it's a barely bop. I I can kind of see it going the same way like I like the artwork of it. I feels like it has a cool vibe. I like just like the the title of it. Um the fact that I listened to it, I don't know, 
nine, 10, 12 years ago and didn't really get into it makes me think it won't be. But, mm. you know, I, I'm hoping that like I'll enjoy it and be able to like appreciate it. So I think, I think I'll get, I'll get some of TJ, what TJ's having of barely a bop. All right, barely a bop. Guys, you got to stop asking me to go last because then I feel this like responsibility to like <laughs> to turn the tables. Hey man, like call it like okay. you see it. Okay, no, okay. So here's here's my real thought about it. Cause okay, so we've been doing this podcast for a little bit, and I've learned some things about myself, right? <laughs> that's um, what this is all about. That's what it's. <laughs> that's what we're here for, Kyle. Self discovery. Thanks. I've uncovered some like repressed memories of listening to <laughs> Olivia Newton John and Adventures in Odyssey just a few minutes ago while skateboarding in my garage um fully padded i feel like that explains a lot about like i don't know how but i feel like that story explains a lot about a window into kyle my personality yeah. like i feel like that's like a good it's like what's his deal okay well that's his <laughs> he deal. used to like skate <laughs> yeah like that um so you guys know that i tend to get really <laughs> exhausted about three quarters of the way through an album um so I imagine so I, I'm looking and I see that there are 10 tracks plus a some kind of zombie remix that's on Spotify. I am weirdly excited about that. I just want to say that. Yeah, me too. Um, I feel like we've done a lot of albums that have a lot of songs. Um, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna be really excited about probably like the first five songs. <laughs> I'm probably gonna start getting a little bored. There's going to be a little chunk about two thirds of the way through that I wish they would just cut, but then I think it's going to get me back. And I think overall it's going to be a full bop. I think I'm just thinking about like the time period, um, the kind of band that I remember audio adrenaline being, um, the fact that this was produced by, um, what was his name? John Hampton. Yes. The fact that this was produced by John Hampton. He already had two Gin Blossoms records under his belt at this point, too. Cool. Yeah. So 96 was the year that the Gin Blossoms album that had Hey Jealousy came out on. And I mean, that, that song is straight banger. Um, I think overall, I, I think I'm going to enjoy this a lot. All right. I've got I've, I've got pretty high hopes that this album is going to be a bop. I like it. Three bops. Three bops. And that was a very self-aware foundation that you used to... Oh, yeah. It wasn't completely arbitrary. You mean like some of yeah. my other predictions? Like some of other <laughs> <ones>. <laughs> oh, wow. The curveball ones, they're nice. Well, yeah, I feel like your others have been more like experiential in the moment, like just how you're feeling. For sure. Which is a valid part of the, you know, review process. But... Right. You're sort of, you're digging back into... And I love being dramatic. I love... You are that drama mama. For the sake of narrative. But yeah, I, I've thought about it a lot over the last four or five minutes. And I have decided... <laughs> that we prepared for this. That I think this is going to be a bop. Yeah. Right. Okay. So we can get into this as we actually listen to the record a little bit more. But tell me what you think of this. In my mind, I've always equated audio adrenaline to being essentially like the christian red hot chili peppers whoa like they both like started as like 
kind of like a funk influenced band and i think mark stewart did like some of like the anthony kiedis kind of style for like singing and like rapping a little bit yeah so and even like their artwork from like their i i have from 1992 to 1997 it kind of gives me like red hot chili peppers vibes like very like mother's milk or like blood sex sugar magic like okay it kind of has similar looks of that to me interesting so, okay i'm gonna look out for that when we listen to the record and i think if i i might agree with you if i replace every reference to jesus if i replace <laughs> it with the word california <laughs> then i will 100 percent agree with you, you would have to maybe yeah yeah it's either gonna be because they do have some grunge so they're either the christian chili peppers or the christian pearl jam <laughs> Hell yeah. Yes. I'm stoked. I'm stoked for so, both, man. I'm looking forward to see what we uncover. So basically, we'll decide whether this album is a flop, a bop, or a pepper. <laughs> <laughs> it could be neither. It's just a pepper. It's just a pepper. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to pull Stephen Curtis Chapman and dive right in to the 1997 album, Some Kind of Zombie. Yes. Diving in oh, yeah. Josh, Is anyone there? Josh, listen, 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 listen. Josh, 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 it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. Listen, I know, I know, I know. It's some kind of zombie apocalypse going on right now. But listen, I have something super important to tell you that I think can help us get out of this. Do you have? Do you have like uh, uh, an antidote for the zombies? Uh, no, I don't. It's it's even better than that. It's even better. Is it like? Uh, a safe place for us to go live that has sort like of water. yeah kind of kind of but not exactly it's even better than that it's okay. patreon bot i brought patreon bot to the zombie Greetings, apocalypse users i think it, i think he's gonna give our position away to the zombies no he's not because we we updated his protocol and now he's got like a some kind of zombie apocalypse protocol Confirmed. happening I know where all the bunkers are and i have a missile launcher housed in my chassis okay the, the missile launcher is a good idea. That's going to help us a lot. These are benefits that other patrons can take advantage of if they would like to subscribe to survive the zombie apocalypse. The missile launcher? If people subscribe to our Patreon, it's going to help them with this, some like uh, zombie apocalypse that's going on. Affirmative. I don't know how valuable money is in this current state of zombie apocalypse world, but I mean, that seems like a pretty good deal for the missile launcher alone. We will modify prices for the subscription model to two cans of pinto beans and one bag of rice. Cool, but hey, let's just imagine if it wasn't a zombie apocalypse, what would be like the the United States currency equivalent? $2, to $5, $10. Oh, perfect. And up and up from there. So yeah. Extra content like, if you like this, then playlists curated by your hosts and origin story segments yeah plus we're doing like some other interviews and talking to each other it's it's pretty fun i know it's not going to help us josh right now in this like zombie apocalypse but um maybe if for whatever reason we can enter the multiverse and there is a universe in which this zombie apocalypse hasn't happened then maybe possibly someone can go ahead and subscribe to our patreon and just be prepared for this zombie apocalypse i hope they do i hope they're somewhere in a world free of zombies just enjoying their lives and can enjoy that kind of content 
And that that alone brings me peace in this zombie apocalypse world. Alert, alert, alert. My zombie proximity alarm has gone off. Caution, we should move. Ah! Ah! Use the missile launcher, Patreon bot. Welcome back to Church Jams Now. Did you miss us? We missed you. Uh, church Jams. TJ, I, are, no. are you sick? You have like you have like a little you have like a little tickle. <clears throat> Sorry, just had something in my throat there. Apologies. Yeah. Man, TJ has been going through a lot of changes lately. First, <laughs> yeah. he was the lizard on the Mercy Me episode. I know. Now he's the zombie for this audio adrenaline. It's been episode. tough, guys. That's true. But you're a flexible kind of guy. It's true. Yeah, I like to I like to keep things fresh. Yeah. But I'm here and I'm excited about some kind of zombie. Yeah. Me too. I'm very ready to talk about this. Are you guys ready to just dive right in and talk about this album? Oh man. I am. I do have a question before we start off. Okay. So I would like to know, TJ, will we be using your thumbs to rank this album? Oh yeah. I was wondering about this too today. You know, with all the changes I've been going through recently, just the weird times, I didn't have the mental bandwidth to use my uh patented system to rate this album. Okay. So the thumb system was just like one and done? <laughs> of course not. It's <laughs> well it's in process. There've been like three like two episodes now three episodes since you introduced it that you've just not used it on don't think i forgot i promise it'll come back okay don't worry okay it's just it's just on a hiatus at the moment it is as ethereal as the wind that's right as they say that that common phrase that everyone knows yes everyone says that i think i heard that this morning (laughs) the wind you heard the wind well yes good all right so let's start with track one chevette First off, I just gotta say that drummer was a little loosey goosey on the tempo for a bit, but then they. I know, but I, I love it. Then they locked it in. It's so good. It feels very jam band, you know. When did people start using click tracks though? That's a for great recording. question. Because like this was pre Pro Tools era, so I mean maybe he was. Did people just record to metronomes then? Probably. I'm guessing like, so. Yeah. Or they? Were this was, was this still on tape too? Right? If it was '97. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Likely, yeah. That's crazy to think about. I don't mind it. I just had to say that. Had, yeah, well, yeah, you had to point it out. My drummer brain was like, what is this? Uh, I wrote, holy shit, this is such a good album intro. Yeah. Like, I got so excited when I started listening to this. Yeah. Because I didn't I didn't remember, like, any of this album, but I vaguely remember this song, but, like, my taste in music has changed a lot, but I got super stoked. Yeah. It feels like one of those classic album intros that even if you don't maybe still dig the band you're still gonna get pretty hyped listening to like an album opener like Chevette well it's so like of its time in the best way yes like feels very like I wrote like very REM yes presidents of the United States of America smashing pumpkins even a lot of like jawbreaker yeah yeah that like mid like early to mid 90s uh alt rock 100 percent it was it's right in that niche mm-hmm. 
I was going to say it also has the weird synth sounds that seem like they shouldn't be there, but they are. And it, and in my opinion, it works. Yeah. But I don't know how y'all felt about the that kind of weird synth stuff. I was into it. I was into all of yeah, it. Yeah, and just for like the production on this whole record, I was pretty into everything. So very yep. pleased with it. Very happy. The the synth stuff kind of reminds me of the uh, the weird like theremin sounds on. Do y'all know that song "Who's There" by Smash Mouth? Mm-hmm. It makes me think of that weird like theremin sound on that I song. I love it. That's I love to think of. of Smash Mouth having a theremin on Dude. their song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Josh, you don't That's know that song. I would have never. No, I don't know that one. I would have never guessed that combination would exist listen to that song oh yeah tj we talked about smash mouth right on our solo patreon we did on our patreon exclusive yeah josh you have to listen oh, to i need that. to sign up so i can hear you it do. i know <laughs> yeah it uh it hearkened back to that album for me from smash mouth astro lounge for sure uh my wife said that this sounds like it could be an Alanis morissette song absolutely and i was like hell yeah it it totally could. I could totally imagine Alanis Morissette doing this song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So basically, they were just like right in the center of the of the zeitgeist. Yeah, dude. Well, and not to like tip my hand in general too much, but usually, you know, when we get to it, we always say like what our favorite song on the on the record is. This is my favorite song on the record. Okay, really? All right. Yeah, it's hundred percent, hundred percent my favorite song. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, I, I want to ask. Okay, so traditionally, like, Christian music normally follows what's popular in the mainstream, like, a little bit late, like, a year or two later, what they're finally doing, what was popular in the mainstream. Right. But, like, was this, like, do you think this was, like, pretty in step with what was going on at the time? It wasn't, like, copying I think it? so. Maybe a little bit behind, but not, not like, 10 years behind. Maybe, like, two or three years. Yeah. I wanted to say lyrically... I love that this song is kind of just a straightforward, like, down-to-earth vignette about their family car. Like, as far as subject matter goes, it's kind of awesome. I think that's I think that's part of why it's my favorite, too. Yeah. I think I ended up having, kind of like on the Sanctus Real episode, I think some of the lyrics really started to, like, become noticeable, noticeable to me. Not in a good way. On this album, you're saying? Later on in the record. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this one just kind of was what it was. You know, well, and they even do in the second verse make the metaphor of like it never promised it would be like an easy ride, and we're like, but it, we didn't have a hard time keeping it on like the narrow road. So like, right? They they set up that metaphor, but then they don't like yes. beat you over the head with it, or like then like double down on it. Like they're like, exactly. that's kind of what we're going for here, but we're gonna leave it alone after that. They and just leave it. Yes, I feel like those did the perfect amount. Yeah, for them to do that with. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that, Josh, because that's I think that's exactly it. It was not heavy handed. They put it in there but they didn't go too crazy with it yeah and it makes it more like because it makes it even more powerful because you're thinking about like the situation like that personal story and right. then you can sprinkle that in too and so then it adds that extra layer to it without making it too much so yes i thought that was a great amount of artistry mm-hmm. along with ministry if you will yeah kind of thing in there yeah um yeah. I kind of saw this song too as like of a piece with Blue Comb 78. I thought of that Five too. Iron Frenzy. Oh yeah, that's right. I definitely found some like uh for sure. comparison. Maybe it's just talking about old cars or something, but definitely felt that. I'm glad you said that because uh I'll have something similar uh coming up. Oh, perfect. Ooh. Yeah. I do want to say before we move on though that like okay, this song is about the narrator, it could be Mark. I don't know if it was him mm-hmm. uh talking about remembering this car that his his family car that he had back in the day when he was a kid 
And like for me, I remember this song being on Wow 1998 and like listening to it driving around with my parents. So I'm like, mm-hmm. this song that is about a car, this guy's family car like reminds me of driving around right. in a car with my family, which is kind of cool. Meta. Yeah, very meta. That's yep. really cool. Well, cool. Let's move on to track number two, New Body. love that weird little like computer intro and then it starts right off with that sweet sweet bass i've been oh, waiting for an episode without sweet sweet bass but it's we're back. back it is back baby i love the bass on this song also i love that this song has that kind of weird like skanky reggae kind of undertone to it mm-hmm. it's so fun like it's a rocker but it's got that underlying rhythmic element of like yeah and it's got the the guitar Josh, you might know better than me. Does the guitar is it basically on a wah pedal, but just like pushed all uh, the like way? Like a cocked wah, where it's just set at one yeah. place, so it has like a filter effect on it. It does sound kind of like that. Yeah. Uh huh. Good catch. Good catch. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Uh, there are some like drum triplets in there. Da, da, da. Like, uh-huh. it, uh huh. So yeah. good. Okay, so coming off of the heels of our Mercy Me episode, mm-hmm. it was just so refreshing to like hear a band like jamming out and like actually like sound like they're having fun instead of just like playing just like a yes, straight 100%. regular thing yes like, exactly so and i'm like is this how much ccm changed within like four years from 1997 to 2001 mm, but i don't even see this as like ccm so okay actually this is like a, a really good i think kind of segue so josh you brought up the question in the mercy me episode of like do any of these christian bands like you know do they like what kind of music did they listen to like what were their influences because it it felt like especially on that mercy me album none of that was coming through i feel like on this album their influences a hundred percent are coming through this whole record and it makes it so much more interesting yes (laughs) it really does it it did hit me at a certain point that this album basically is just like an rem record (laughs) like even kind of the way he sang a lot of even the way they like mix some of the like acoustic and and the drums and stuff Um, okay because because i asked if they were the christian red hot chili peppers but listening to this oh that's right listening to this i was like maybe they're like the more of the pearl jam but i think they're probably the christian rem that's probably a very apt. they are the christian rem that's not youtube yes <laughs> yeah i was gonna say but i think they've got their fingers in a lot of different genre or like band pies like they're they're kind of dipping in everything because for sure cause like you said earlier like a little bit of smashing pumpkins for sure like i even hear some like proto foo fighters in this song you know yeah definitely on the pop punk parts well i don't know if it's proto because like foo fighters color and shape was 95 oh yeah it's true that's true yeah that was was the self-title was 95 color and shape was like right a little bit after that but like just to the point that they're like dabbling in a lot of different sounds of their time for sure yeah but i i definitely feel some like early to like mid mid 90s rem around here like kind of like automatic for the people yeah um where the REM started to go a little more like kind of poppy. Right. Uh, and Jawbreaker. I really yeah. got a lot of Jawbreaker and like that. Uh, what's his, I don't want to get his name wrong. Um, he also did uh, 
Jets to Brazil. It's Blake something. Blake Schwarzenbach. Right. Yeah. Uh, even kind of the way he did some of his lines felt very like Jawbreaker or Jets to Brazil. That sort of like that vocal delivery felt like similar to that. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Um, I wasn't paying a lot of attention to the lyrics by this point. I don't know if you guys have anything else you want to add. I have a question on the lyrics. Okay. TJ, did you listen to lyrics I did. on this one? Yes. Okay. Yes. I have a question because he's talking about how getting a new body and then he says like feels like he's like flying. He's like, God, this must be the moment God picked to rearrange me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know what he's talking about. Is he talking about either like getting saved and getting changed like from like a new creation from the inside out? Or is he talking about dying? Or is it talking about the rapture? Because I don't know. It could be... And I think it's like... It sound, I kind of get rapture vibes from it. Yeah. Which is an interesting... Or dying... I mean, because the song is called New Body. Right. So is there... I don't know if there's like a theory. Yeah, but he talks about all of us like flying and like meeting... Going up to heaven. There'll be like no more like crying or... Yeah. So it seems kind of rapture So my take on it, well, first of all, I'll say this. I think any song that has you asking the question is a good song. I think the fact that, that you can take different reads on it and they all kind of work on some level means that it's kind of working as a song because it's making you ask those questions. I love that. Um, but my guess is he's referencing, and this is weird, but I think he's referencing 2 Corinthians where they talk about the old will pass away and we'll have a new body, whatever. Um, and I get the feeling over the course of this record that he's a big fan of the Apostle Paul because he references like a lot of Paul stuff, but I don't know for sure. Mm. But I would, that's my guess is that he's referencing a specific verse in Second Corinthians that talks about our old bodies will pass away and we'll get a new body, blah, 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 which I think would be talking about like heaven. Okay. I could be way off. I did think though on kind of a more like dorky level that this reminded me very much of superpowers by five iron oh yeah because okay so our second five iron reference exactly yeah comparison (laughs) we'll keep it going so they juxtapose being a goofy human uh with how it feels to be on stage like you're a cool rock star and everybody wants to be you but you're also just you know driving around in a van and all this um but audio adrenaline counters being only human with what it will be like to get a new body in heaven so it's almost like Hmm. their version of it is like delayed well it'll be cool later whenever we're in heaven interesting yeah but well i think sense I think this one thematically kind of flows, new body kind of does transition maybe in a way into the zombie thing. That's probably on purpose. It definitely yeah. does. That's probably on purpose. I thought that was... I like that kind of intentionality. Yeah. I feel like we haven't seen that in a couple of the records that we've covered. So I, I do appreciate that. The track listing. Kind of intentionality. Yeah. Although I did come up with an alternate track list based just on vibe. Ooh, <laughs> nice. Okay. I'm excited for that. I like that. Um, all right, let's listen to track number three, the title track, Some Kind of Zombie. First note on this song, this song rips. Yeah, good note. Yep, for sure. Solid. Uh, this feels like the Dandy Warhols, oh. and they're a little bit later than this, but this totally between the uh huh and and that kind of like drum thing is a hundred percent like yes. what the only trick that the Dandy Warhols yep. had. <laughs> um, but 
It's so good, but dude, I thought this song was too long. It does it does go a while. Okay. It gets really repetitive, like by the it, end of it. It is long, but I mean I feel like because it doesn't get to the I wrote that it doesn't get into the second verse until almost two minutes, like a minute fifty-eight. But for me, it didn't seem long. Like I do recognize that it is long, but each part, like there's just like three or four parts before they finally like end that first chorus. So it didn't seem too long to me, but I do get that you would think that. Well, I just think that that chorus is like really repetitive and then they just repeat it like a bunch of times right at the end. They could have cut a minute off of this song and I'd be fine. Yeah. And it would be like close to my favorite. It's still close to my favorite. Actually, it's probably my second favorite, but, but it's your second favorite. That's a little it's long. It's just too long, man. Yeah. It's too long. I really like that. They're so committed to the zombie premise musically and lyrically, even though a lot of the time the lyrics are full of contradictions and double speak. Yeah, <laughs> it's very confusing. Like I, I still, even after trying to analyze the lyrics of this song, I can't make heads or tails of what they're trying to say with it. But I don't mind because it, it all is very fun, even with the kind of back and forth of it all. Like is is being a zombie a good thing right. or is it not? Even with the back and forth of it all, I don't mind it. Like it's fun. It's a fun journey to go on. Yeah, I love the production of it. Just like. And the dynamics in that first part, for sure. You got the kind of bells and the strings on the kind of chill verses. Yeah, really great strings. And the high pitch vocal, like the falsetto vocals. Like, yeah, the yeah. falsetto vocals are awesome. I'm all about it, man. Oh, yeah. No, I mentioned the dynamics as well. And then, TJ, I do like that you mentioned how the music does reflect like the zombie theme as well. And I like how the strings are nice in the verses and pretty, but then they get a little bit wilty and kind of like unsettling. And then towards the end of the song is when like they start like that bit like tension build. Like, so I really like how like creepy sounding it gets at the end of the song to really back the zombie theme. So I love, I love that they just like went for it musically with this. Definitely. This one feels like, the one they put the most attention and production into. So I would have liked a little bit more on that. Some of the other ones. Yeah. But I don't know if it benefits it. I don't I don't know if it benefits from that. I think it does. Yeah, I also think it does. Well, I mean, in in, in context of the rest of the record, because uh, the fact that it like stands out that much. It like, does feel like an outlier. That's true. Yeah. As putting all their eggs in that basket. You're saying, yeah, that, yeah, I can kind of do it. That, that's all I mean by that. Like, I guess it doesn't bother me. And I personally would have liked more zombie themes sprinkled throughout the rest of the record as well for so. cohesion. That makes sense. Yeah, because there's yes, that's just a cool concept yes. to explore. Because like lyrically, I think it's pretty. It's a very smart idea to write a song about like paralleling being a zombie with being a follower of Christ. Like, there's a lot you could explore there. So I would have liked a little bit more right with that. I mean, even it like I don't understand why they even like if this was the title track, like why the the album art didn't even sort of like reflect that. You know what I mean? Like it, it yeah, the, true. It's the most generic album. I feel like art. they were trying to be taken a little more seriously, maybe. But, like they were worried that if they did that, they'd get pigeonholed. You know? Yeah. Well, you can't have all the CCM people wouldn't be picking up their album if it was like creepy zombies right. on the cover. But that would be so rad. It would I mean, be I super know, cool. But it, it would be. I would have been it afraid of it be. probably as a 13 year old if I had seen that. I would have been like, I'm not. I'm not listening to that. Well, okay. Do you guys remember any records that I can think of too that had covers that like on Family Christian bookstores would have stickers over them oh, because yeah. of like oh. the covers no, I don't were like know. grotesque or Dude, something like that? Intense. Yeah. 
What are they? I know they did it with Project 86's Songs to Burn Your Bridges By because it's him standing with a hole in his chest holding right. a knife. Uh, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Which is yeah. pretty intense. Yeah. And then they did it. I also remember they did it with the showdown's backbreaker because it's just like this big muscular oh, dude yeah. with a bunch of like arrows in him. But it's not even gory, but they had like a sticker over the whole thing. So you couldn't even see the artwork until you bought it and opened that's it. so funny. So, yeah. They would have had to, had to been one of those situations, right. maybe. They were yeah. trying to just shoot straight and just be. Yeah, I mean, it, it was yeah. like a Roman. Uh, what is it? What's the candle? Trojan horse. Trojan horse. Thank you. Not Roman. Roman. I don't know. Roman my... Polanski. I don't know where we're going. With Roman this Polanski. Game. Trojan horse. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where we're it's going. like a Trojan horse. Well, I, before we move on, Kylan, I want to challenge your statement about the song being too long but only in a very specific context okay and josh i want to honor what you said about the zombie vibe being something to have a lot to extrapolate from right uh i kind of went off the rails guys love it and i wrote a little bit of a screenplay based on some kind of zombie that's beautiful by audio adrenaline so, Kylan, if you'll run the song back for me, and Perfect. I'm just going to read through it to you guys. And I, I love your feedback. I love your thoughts. I really want to know if this thing has legs. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see so if we just let me know can if, put this in front of investors. Can we green light it? Can we, like, send it to A24 so maybe? Can, or? Yes. I hope so. <laughs> we'll, we'll send it to 24-B. Okay. The, the multiverse. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Picture, if you will. A wide shot of an open blue sky. The camera quickly pulls down to an establishing shot of a burned out smoky cityscape. We jump to a big field which backs up to a small forest on one side and leads into a mall parking lot on the other. Bodies litter the ground all around. We see a group of people manically burst from a copse of trees, sprinting desperately toward the mall. A quick shot of one of the bodies on the ground. A woman. She's dead. We see an ID badge that has fallen out of her purse which literally reads, Very rich and important CEO person. In her hand is a smartphone, still powered on. The screen reads, Holy Romero, Batman, it's a zombie outbreak, for real. It's just an Onion article. An Onion article, which is riffing on an actual article that came out a few days ago before legitimate news sources shut down, about an honest-to-God zombie apocalypse sweeping the globe. Now The Onion is the only remaining online publication in existence. <laughs> it seems that even when humanity is on its deathbed, its twisted, cynical sense of humor is alive and thriving. We watch our group of survivors hurriedly scramble through a quiet mall parking lot. The camera is shaking. A lot. Like, oh my god, I'm about to throw up just watching this. Why in the heck is this shaky cam so damn shaky? <laughs> Dial it back, Blair Witch. Settle down, Sam Raimi. Cool it, Cloverfield. The camera finally chills out, and it zooms in on a dashing, if dorky, young fella. Very likable, and at the moment, just happy to be alive. We're jolted into a flashback. He's hosting a trivia night at a local bar. A close-up shot of his name tag tells us his name is Keylorn. And he's killing it, metaphorically speaking, of course. <laughs> then all of a sudden, the bar is overrun by mountain zombies, cut to a frenzied scene of him fighting someone off of him and fleeing through the back door of the bar with a few others, including his best buds and bandmates, Joff and FJ, <laughs> both flying down the street in their brand new Chuck Taylors. They all jump into a rough-looking Jeep Wrangler and speed away. Smash cut back to present. Camera zooms in on Keylorn's upper arm. We see a bloody bite mark. Small, almost unnoticeable. This section of the movie parallels the verses of the song. It's the protagonist's soliloquy. He's been bitten, but he hasn't turned yet, so he's reflecting on his situation. Maybe he'll be okay. He hasn't told his friends yet, as they rush to build their barricades in preparation for the imminent undead attack. In this moment, our hearts go out to him, as we see the inner conflict wash across his face reckoning with the idea of being undead and or hoping it might not happen at all. 
After all, it's been days and he's still fine. Maybe he's immune. But then the chorus kicks in and things get a little chaotic. Our heroes are setting up a row of landmines outside the mall, but they're forced back behind their barricades as a ghoulish army descends upon this burned out desolate wasteland. This courtyard that was once a temple of capitalism in the before times will now be where our heroes make their stand. Countless undead corpses are flailing over the feeble walls, hungry for brains. The humans realize they must retreat even further. But then, at three minutes, six seconds, that ripping guitar solo kicks in. What's this? Our plucky hero bravely steps forward with a shotgun and blows a whole gang of zombies away. So with this new boost of courage, the humans are now boldly rushing into the fray with flamethrowers, grenades, and frying pans. After a skirmish full of horrible practical effects and unintentionally comedic choreography, most of the undead are now just plain dead. Have our heroes won? As we arrive at 3 minutes 25 seconds, all goes quiet with a soft, phasey guitar and pitter-patter drums. It seems to be over. They survey the scene as the smoke clears. But no! It was only the calm before the unspeakable storm. At 3 minutes 31 seconds, the final chorus blasts out, bringing a second wave of zombie forces. This unthinking, unyielding mob is overtaking our survivors. We watch in horror as the mountain of thrashing limbs, gnashing teeth, and reanimated gore literally consumes what remains of the humans. The camera pans to the edge of this unstoppable horde, where we glimpse Keylorn, who has now turned full flesh eater. He smiles staring blankly into the distance as he munches on some nondescript body parts. Our hearts leap into our throats, then descend to the pits of our stomachs as the camera zooms into the pile of mangled flesh. And we recognize two brand new pairs of Chuck Taylors now covered in blood. The end. Oh. That was that was wild. That would totally get a sticker at Lifeway Christian Bookstores. <laughs> I'd put a sticker on that screenplay. So, I just have one question though. So, <laughs> this protagonist, this uh, Keylorn, Keylorn, yeah. Um, I mean, that's based on Josh, right? Yep. Okay. Cool. Okay. I, I, that's what I thought. That's what I pictured in my mind. The second you said Keylorn, I was like. Psh- Josh, that's totally Josh. I loved it. Totally Josh. You said the description. I was like, that's me. That's me. The fact that he's like a trivia nut. Oh yeah. All of it just lines up. It seemed to. I loved that. That was that was incredible. That was and it lined up with the song so well. It really did. Yeah, like it's a real dark side of the moon Wizard of Oz situation. I tried, guys. Because I was I was listening to the song. And I was watching the, I mean, you had specific time codes. Yeah. I I went pretty deep on this one, guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big props to that. Very, very well done. It was incredible. Genius. Really well thought out and really <laughs> so great. So good. I, you know, that's just my experience of the song. So I wanted to share it with you guys. And, you know, hopefully uh, it really brings to light how effective this zombie I- imagery can be if properly uh, propped up, I guess. Yeah, because there's so much to get into there. And, I mean, honestly, back in the 90s, that was, like, really before, like, the current zombie fate, like, hysteria that we're in right now or we're in, like, in the early 2010s. So yeah, it was pretty pretty untapped for them to, like, be digging into that. So there's a lot of cool stuff to get into there. 
DJ, I can't really follow that, but I did have a note that I wanted to say. Let's hear it, man. <laughs> it's a terrible yeah, thing. No I should have said it way before you got into that because there's, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, I want to start a Church Jams Now Halloween party playlist where as we go through records and find songs that could be on there. So I'm like, this could be our first entry into the playlist. I doubt we'll have many others, but I want to at least. I mean, it's basically just this and and. Marilyn Manson ain't my girlfriend, right? That's true. That's That's perfect. Okay, we've got (laughs) Alien Youth, maybe? Oh, heck yeah. All right, so we've already got a couple. So, good. We'll just be looking for that as we go through albums to start that and add to our ongoing playlist that we can then present perhaps in a Halloween episode. I love it. But then Monster Mash, yeah, that what that's on uh, DC Talks. <laughs> that, that, no, that's on uh, what? Wow, nineteen ninety six. Perfect, Monster Mash. <laughs> yeah, I wish. So, Kylan, I gotta know: Does this give, contextually speaking, does this give the song any more points for you at all? Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, okay. yeah. Cool. I was like, I was enraptured through that. Yeah. I loved the Romero reference. Mm-hmm. Um, listening with this song in the background while you read that. It definitely had the feel of the 2004 Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead remake. There it that is. That sort of like action. There it is. Uh, a little bit of the like Paul W.S. Anderson, like Resident Evil, like that sort of like mid 2000s uh, action horror thing, which was really big for a while, which I feel like is kind of missing from horror nowadays that we're going into like elevated horror where like horror films need to be art films. I liked the sort of like visceral yeah punk rock aggressive nature of all of it um pulpy stuff yeah i quite enjoyed it it had the sort of like dark dour ending um that was like a little bit disappointing but like also just like such a punch in the gut it's very romero uh so this has been horror gems now (laughs) that's right with your screenplay writer tj smith I did want to say you should just cut this in before before TJ's awesome thing to just end the episode. Or end, <laughs> that ends the episode. episode. We're end done. After this. Yeah, there's nowhere to go from there. That's it. I know. I do kind of wish you would just put that at the very end because I don't know how to follow that now for the rest of this record. <laughs> I know. It's so good. Well, now my note sounds like super dumb because like listening to it, I was like, man, this is that solo in there. I was like, this is the John Frusciante solo if I've ever heard one from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. But now that sounds super dumb to say that after your awesome screen. I know. Play. So I'm like... I just wanted to make my John Frusciante point. Hey, man, maybe there's options for John to be a part of the the movie. The zombie verse. Yeah. Goodness. All right. Well, we got, I mean, we've talked about this for entirely too long now, but <laughs> I want to, I just want to stay in this moment because I honestly <laughs> didn't love the next song. So, but we got to do it. We got to do it. Well, let's get into that. Track number four, Original Species. Colin, tell me why you didn't like this song. Um, this was like okay after those first three songs, all bangers. Yeah, this was the first song where I started kind of going like, uh oh, <laughs> uh oh, because the lyrics started to like come through to me. Mm-hmm. I started to notice things. They really started to bug me. Go on. Uh, to me, the writing felt both lazy and too clever by half. Like it it felt very like i don't know it just it thinks it's being intellectual yes it was very like freshman in college like i took a philosophy class a little not necessarily holier than thou but 
smarter than thou? <laughs> it felt like it was trying to be more intellectual than it was. It felt like it was trying, to, but then I realized, like by the, by the time I finished this whole record, is when it really hit me the REM thing. Like it's trying to be an REM song, but yeah. from a Christian perspective, and I don't right. know if that necessarily works. It's a weird combination, that's for sure. I don't know that I can think of any other band that's done that. No, for sure. Like, this is very specific. I think you're nailing but it. I just, I hated, I'm an original species more enlightened than Nietzsche. <laughs> I was like, I was like, wow, you're going to take on Darwin and yeah. Nietzsche in the same in song. The same song. That's a man. lot. That is a I know. It's like, you got to be really confident. And this song doesn't have the chops to back it up. I don't and, think. Yeah. I had a similar feeling. I wrote, if the chorus held up, like if the chorus could land the challenges that the verses brought mm-hmm. if the chorus could like land that then i would i think i would like this song but they don't seem the choruses don't seem to land nope not at all they just float and kind of meander out into the vague places of lyricism where like we don't really know what you're saying right so i kind of lose the plot well i think i think that's kind of what i meant by like the writing feels lazy and totally attempting to be too clever yes i think that's fair it's like it's like a modern day uh, Zack Snyder movie. It's like like oh, it's like bringing it back. Really dumb, but thinks it's like super brainy, really hitting hard. And there are a bunch of people that are like on board. I'm the new Christopher Nolan. Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. No, I musically when this song was just like on the background, I enjoyed it. That's what um, I said too. I said musically, this song is tight. I thought it was a good vibe. Yeah. Yeah. And that, mm-hmm. that kind of happens a lot on this record where lyric, I'm like, eh, uh, not really into it as much, but musically I don't have any qualms with it. I really liked it, what they were doing. Right. With the lyric, lyrically, I have a situation here for you though. When I was listening to this and they were talking about, I'm an original species. I'm sure you'd like to meet me. That made me think, I'm like, are they, is he like writing this song? And as the listener, is he like casting me into the light where I'm like, where we're a panel of scientists and he's presenting himself as like a new species. And I'm like, I don't think I've ever heard a song where they're like, it's made me feel like, am I supposed to be a scientist right now? (laughs) And that was interesting. (laughs) Audio adrenaline. Am Am I I supposed supposed to be a a scientist right now? (laughs) And you know what? For what it's worth, regardless of how we end up, where we end up on our uh, judgment of this record, I will say that is probably the most unique. I, I've never experienced that with any other album or song Definitely. in the world. Yes. Am I supposed to be a scientist right now? Am I a scientist right now? <laughs> that was great, Josh. Are you addressing me as a scientist? Uh, I love that. Yeah, I do. Let's bring the scientific method to this song. Oof. Or my hypothesis. My hypothesis is... It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just like started to bug me, man. Like, like it's like Josh said, like just in the background, like, yeah. Um, if you're just like hanging out, doing whatever, skateboarding in your garage, uh, this song is on in the background. You're like, okay, cool. I can deal with it. But when you actually sit down and listen to it, it, it just really bugged me. I don't know. It just, the, the whole sort of like aggressively, referencing Nietzsche and Darwin and all that stuff was just like, I mean, like, why? Why? Right. Like, why do it? I mean, I could tell you why, but I don't think we should get into that. <laughs> that was a big thing to do back in the day. Yeah, that's too much to get into. Too much. I know, it was a rhetorical why. It was, it was like, like, why for, like, the rest of this 
album. Well, we got anything else to say about this? Nope. Let's move on to track number five, People Like Me. This is a really fun mid-tempo 90s game. Oh, yeah. I said this, but also after Original Species and Some Kind of Zombie, this felt like a weird, like, pop-punk Fountains of Wayne tangent. <laughs> like, we're fun again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what if you put it, what if you just skipped original species and you put this after some kind of zombie oh we'll talk about my track list <laughs> i know i'm just saying it works oh it totally does it totally does i um, i kind of wish that it was right after some kind of zombie yeah i don't have an alternate track list but i do have that note that i just wish we could sk- we could have skipped original species yeah because it it has this happy-go-lucky feeling that lifts the mood after some kind of zombie it really does yeah in a really fun way i love that the high falsetto part that he does it's really beautiful. That little synth part the thing. Synth is mm-hmm. so fun. Right. Well, that's yes. what made me think of Fountains of Wayne yeah. too. Okay. Yes. The, like real like chunky guitar and the synth. Like, okay. Stacy's mom has got. There is a Weezer song, photograph from the mm, Green album. Yes. That is exactly this song. You can like yes. sing this lyrics over photograph and vice Love versa. Love that. Whoa. Like it's as soon as it, like it started, I was like, oh gosh, this is. Photographed by Weezer. Amazing. So, which came out four years after this song. So, mm. freaking Weezer, man. Maybe Weezer was ever ripping off Audio Adrenaline. <laughs> yeah, Rivers, <laughs> Rivers definitely was a is. big Audio A fan. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that for the bridge. They kind of they like teased that choir because I was like, oh, please Dude. don't go full yeah. choir here, and they did yeah. it. And it was I was like, perfect. thank goodness. Mm. Like it made and me... it was like reverse. Yes. Yeah. There was like that weird. Oh man. Yes. I love that. And then there's little strings. Yeah, it like scared me. And then when it didn't happen, I was so relieved. Yes. And so that made me like it even more. Yep. So, but the reverse was cool too. Yep. Um, this though, maybe it was because it did follow Original Species, but I was a little more tuned into like the lyrics and they were a little more apt to like bug me. Sure. Because like even it, just the chorus, people like me, persons like you. Yep. It's like... I mean, what is this grammar jams now? Like, do we need to get into this? Like, <laughs> yeah, and and they they really repeat that so many. I times. know, and it just felt like the same yeah. sort of like too clever by half kind of thing. It's like, well, we can't say people like me, people like you, right? So what else could we say that like gets our point across? Hmm, persons. persons. I'm like, no, that's just like so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think they kind of dig themselves into a hole because. The album starts off with Chevette, which mm-hmm. has great lyrics, and some kind of zombie, which has great lyrics. So they have like two real yeah. strong songs with lyrics right at the front. So then you're like, cool, the whole record's going to be like this. Not quite. They kind of let you down. Dude, yeah. that's what I texted TJ when I was listening. Uh, when I first started listening, I was like, halfway through Chevette, I was like, dude, just started listening to some kind of zombie. I am stoked. And I don't know if I feel that way after listening to the whole record. <laughs> Ooh. But. I will say, though, just to offer some perspective, I think that this song... So we've compared a lot of these songs to other bands' songs that we've reviewed so far. Yeah. And this, to me, feels like a better iteration of the idea found in Colored People. I love that. And I'm just going to say, I think this is the better version of that lyrically, even though it's I love still that. not the best lyrically. It's it's still I love better that. than... Well, yeah, yeah, it doesn't have yes, yes. It's a step up. Okay, that is a great point. Yeah, you get you get ten points for that point. Yes. Oh yeah, guys, I'm I'm 
I'm giving. I'm grading these now. Have we been giving out points? <laughs> We've been doing points the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Wait, are they for us or are they for the song? Oh no no no! I'm they're so they're confused. for each of you personally. I've got like a oh, yes. spreadsheet at home of who's got the most points. Are you gonna flop or bop <laughs> wow. us at the end? Well, of the at episode? the end of the at the end of the year. Yeah yeah. Um yeah we're gonna like an end of oh, year gosh. review. We're all gonna flop or bop and then based I'm on so scared <laughs> where we land, we're gonna be replaced by maybe some of the guests we've had or that's fair. Uh. It's quality or, control. I, I mean, get it. Josh is probably safe. Like, essentially, TJ, what I think is going to happen it's is by me. the end of the year, it's going to be... I'm going to be gone. Uh, no, Josh is going to run the podcast, and then it's going to be probably Jonathan Hugendorn and, and Faith. <laughs> that sounds way better. <laughs> That'd be a fun podcast. I'm going to be honest. Like, it's... We're just no... We're going to have to start our own... Our, <laughs> our church. Perfect. That'll be our spinoff. <laughs> uh, well, hey, let's move on to track number six. Blitz! <laughs> Yes! Oh my god. I'll be picking up, picking up, picking up, picking up this one. Dude. Because it's Ska Jacent. That's what Jason. Ska Jason. Ska band yes. name, Ska Jacent. Absolutely. I wrote Blitz fucking rocks, dude. <laughs> it's, so it's so good. good. <laughs> it's so good. It's got those sweet, sweet horns. I know. It's just They're it's... only where they need to be. Yes. Too. They're nowhere they don't need to be. My only thing is okay, so this is my second favorite. It, it's barely under Chevette. It's a strong second favorite. Yeah, no, the horns are perfect, man. It's super ska, but like just enough. Yep. And just heavy. I asked if this should be track one. Because I think this, I like Chevette as an opener, but I also really think this could be a kick-ass opener. This was, uh, I went back and forth on whether this was the opener on my alternate track list. Coming at you like a blitz. Man, why did Audio Adrenaline and Supertones never do like a combined record Whoa. where they I don't like know, where they man. just wrote a record together? Because there's too much mojo. Too much mojo Morganski. Yeah, it wouldn't That fit. would be so good though. I'd be so into it. I have one problem with this song. <laughs> what is what it? In it the first verse, doesn't he say headed down to Mexico? Yeah. Yes. See. Si. See, si, senor. I just I don't know. Just as like a white dude that's singing about like mission trips, essentially. Yep. It just like it just rubs me the wrong way. That's fair. I liked it, but but that's fine. The rest of the song, I think, just like oh, it just rocks. I'm just like we're listening to it right now for the listeners at home. I realize yes. they're not listening to the song underneath. <laughs> and we're the jamming. way we are. We're all just like, <laughs> but it's it's it is true it's like that's my favorite line probably from this song 60 miles an hour feels way too slow when you got the chevy pointed down to mexico but he says mexico and he kind of ruins it i wish you would just <laughs> say Me- mexico yeah oh i like the mexico part because i was expecting it to be mexico but then he throws that in and i was like all right so you like that it was it was some, unexpected some southern flair to our neighbors <laughs> across the border and kyle and i are like he's a white guy what is he doing <laughs> yeah He's trying to bridge that gap, the language barrier. Maybe. Yeah. You could be right. I know. But I will also say, so there's this bridge, like, breakdown, and there's a sketch. And I'm and I'm also, on, on a similar topic, I'm really worried that somebody's doing an accent. It's happening. And that bothers me a little it's bit. It's happening. Yeah. I don't like that. 
but I like the bit. Life. It's a cool idea. I know it feels like a like a '90s post grunge Sergeant Pepper's thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my god, that's perfect. Like just with the with, with the vocal that's like like yeah. You have to really try hard to to hear what they're saying. I would have liked, and I I kind of get what you're saying that maybe like that the the accent and the bit didn't maybe age as well as it did in 2022 right. as it was in 1997. Right. But I was like, I would have preferred if they went for the breakdown, if they would have scrapped that and then gone full ska. Yes. Breakdown. Yes. Like that's, that's what I would yes. have really loved to hear yeah. with this song. Absolutely. 100%. And then like let Matt, like let Matt Mojo Morginsky from the Supertones like take the mm-hmm. lyrics in the bridge and do like a Supertonesy thing, and then they bring it back yep. for like a final chorus. Blah, blah, blah. That's that's the balance I would have really yep. liked in this song. Agreed. Yeah. So if you're out there, Audio A, make a new version of this song with that. But the <laughs> new version of Audio Adrenaline or the original? Because right, we talked about that in the first half. How it's like com- original. It's lineup. completely all new people. Yeah, it's be, OG. be original mm-hmm. lineup. Which it bugs me that the new lineup is like who the picture is of on Spotify. I'm I like, know. this isn't on adrenaline. Mm, like, yeah. come on, guys, get rid of this. Well, that was Blitz. Moving on to track number seven, Lighthouse. This the song gives me, I guess, some real Radiohead the Bends vibes mm-hmm. from like the verses. It did have it. some sweet, sweet bass. I did write that it had some sweet, sweet bass for like a pretty chill song. Yes. I originally just wanted to cut this song. It did make it into my alternate track list. Okay. Um, because it had that sweet, sweet bass. Although this does bring us in. I don't remember if it's in the first. Ver- I don't remember where it is exactly. But this does bring us into an episode of Grammar Jams Now. Okay. Um, Welcome, listeners. You've entered the GJN studios. Let us enter. Yeah, let me pull up the lyrics real quick. Oh, yeah, right there. Um, I jumped the ship on a trip, was a, world cla- was a worldwide cruise, traded some riches for some fishes. I got nothing more to lose. Okay, so the thing is, fishes similar to conversate fishes can technically be correct technically it's technically it's correct technically correct yeah but it's also like culturally and colloquially <laughs> incorrect and and which well, means that kylan's gonna be very bothered by it <laughs> technically incorrect is the worst kind of incorrect <laughs> <laughs> well the thing that bugged me is like he tried to get away with it if you listen to the line like if we go back well, I mean, the record came out, so he got away with it. Well, I know, but hush. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where is it? I think where stuff like it? this though keeps it from sounding too somber and serious, though. It's true. Like it keeps it makes it interesting because you can be like, "Wait, he just said fishes." Well, yeah, but, but he says fun and interesting. Some riches traded for some fish. He like does it like at the tail end of the line. Oh, he like tries to lampshade it a little yes, bit. Yes, exactly, and that's what bugs me the uh, most. Oh yeah, just own it if you're going for it. Fish, oh yeah, he delays like, it. Like uh, he yeah. tries to like, like it's almost like it he in, forgot. Like, 
sneak. He forgot it in what there. he wrote, and he was like, "What did I? Write? Oh shit! Oh, this is bad. Oh no! Oh no! I have to rhyme it. I have to rhyme it." But Rich's foursome fish would have totally worked. Yeah, he had to add the fishes. So I don't know. That's that's been an episode of Grammar Jams. Now, thanks everybody for listening. That's good. I'm glad you had that because other than the bass and the chorus is sounding cool. There wasn't really anything else. I wrote yeah, I got nothing song. else about this song. TJ. It was funny that y'all both noted on the bass being a good thing. Cause I, I was really distracted by it, which is fine because I didn't end up liking a lot of other things about this song, but it felt too busy. Like it was like, so there's a, I wanted to ask maybe one of y'all knows this. There's a chord that they go to on the second verse the second repeat of man overboard that they don't do on the first time that it repeats. And it feels like a seven chord or some kind of jazz chord. I don't know. I really like that change. Is it a minor four? It might've been. Yeah. I think it's a minor four. Okay, great. So he goes to the minor four and then it was like, it, it's almost like the bassist heard that and he was like, Oh, this is a jazz standard now. Okay. <laughs> chromatic, chromatic, chromatic lines. Really busy. I, know, stuff. But I, I loved it. Which that's like, I guess that's the thing is like, y'all like it. I was so distracted by it. I was like, this is cool, but I would rather hear this in a song that's not like a 90s Christian rock ballad, I guess. I want it in a different context. If not here, then where? A jazz band? <laughs> well, we're not covering jazz bands, dude. We're not jazz bands now. No, we're not. Like, but this bassist could have put that part in a jazz song. But he wasn't in a jazz band. He wasn't. He didn't have a jazz song. This is what he had, and he took his <laughs> moment. I'm and just, that's the thing I'm is, so bassists for so long have to <laughs> sit back and just play in the pocket <laughs> with the drummer. You play the root notes, especially at this time and in this kind of music. If you take, if you have the opportunity, you take your shot. As a bassist, and you rock the sh out of that jazz bass, mother. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you for coming to the sweet, sweet bass <laughs> TED Talk. Your speaker has been Kyle Savage. Take my soapbox down. Circa, circa 1997. <laughs> Woo. I will say, did you know on their previous record, Bloom 1996, there is a song called Jazz Odyssey. A Spinal Tap reference. Oh my which God. is obviously yes. a Spinal Tap reference. That's so good. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and it, it, well, it tracks. So that's, the it thing, tracks. that's the weird thing about this band is like there does feel like there's this weird dichotomy of like not taking themselves seriously like at all. And then you have like weird jazzy stuff. stuff. That, like feels too serious not yes. the weird get over the weird jazzy stuff the bass on this song is perfect and it is the best <laughs> sweetest 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 bass we've ever heard on any of the records we've covered okay so drop it that's like <laughs> your opinion man <laughs> i'm sorry and I we have different ones Whew. That was a big statement. No, the I know sweetest, it's the sweetest bass we've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Don't hold me to that. I think you're getting a little hyperbolic, bud. I might. Yeah, I would disagree there. <laughs> Don't hold me to that. I've had a couple beers. Don't hold me to that. I just, we can have different opinions. It's okay. Can we? Yeah. We can also have different podcasts. I'm done. Peace. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I love the reverse guitar. Can I just say that? It is really Can we good. agree on that? Yeah. The reverse guitar is really cool. No, like I said, the production on this record is really good. Mm -hmm. All their decisions are cool. For sure. And it was all the weird little things on this that made me ultimately, like, not hate it. Yeah. Well. Makes sense. Um, I'm, I'm sorry I got so heated about the, about the bass. <laughs> I like that you were passionate. Um, let's move on <laughs> to track number eight, Flicker. 
I didn't love the Super Jamie guitar on the verses. Like where the guitar kind of mm. felt like they were doing. It's kind of TJ's problem with the bass on the last track. Hey, hey, that guitar, that guitar had to take its shot whenever it got the opportunity. So you just I know, sit feels... down and shut up. I'll turn this car around. We'll go back to Church Jam Central and you'll eat cold lasagna. I'm into that. I'm very hungry. I don't, I, don't um, I don't know where that came from. No breakfast for you. Church Jam Central. Church Jam Central. It, I know it does feel very hypocritical of me, but that was the note that I wrote. The, the Jamie guitar in the verses bugged me. It felt too busy. And like it didn't I, you know fit what, the Colin? song. <laughs> I'm gonna let you be bugged by that. Uh, I think that's beautiful okay. that that bothered okay. you. Okay. <laughs> and I did like the flying J truck stop reference. That's all I wrote for this song. <laughs> <laughs> he hated the guitar and he liked the flying J reference. So does it average itself out for you on that, or which one's yeah. worse? What's or the better? final grade? The flying J makeup for the guitar. Oh no 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 no! This this yeah. song doesn't make it into the final track list. Oh man. Oh really? Yeah. I thought this one had some of the cooler production stuff that they did. It was, I said, production-wise, one of the cooler songs on the record for me. Well, I'm happy for you, Josh. Hey, I'll, <laughs> I, I will enjoy it as the B-side. It'll be on the Audio Adrenaline Josh exclusive EP. The Josh cut. The Josh yep. cut. Yeah, it'll <laughs> come out on Hit Parade as like the unreleased, some kind of zombie <laughs> B-side. Yeah. No, I liked it. It's, it is kind of all. Oh wait, no, 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 no. Oh, oh, it did. It did make it on my track list. Sorry, I only cut one song. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, wait, no, I cut two. Oh, I think I cut two. Haven't got to it yet. Oh. Yeah. You go with the eight song record. I think this one was really funky. I liked the the funkiness of it, but lyrically, it's a little jarring. The verses are like a pity party. That bummed me out. Yeah, I think that's what kind of bugged me about this song too. It like. I kept wanting to say holier than thou, but it, that wasn't it. But it was like a very like, oh, look at me. Like pity party was the yeah. phrase I was looking for. And it's kind of like, I, I agree, Josh. I love the production on this one. But I also, it's almost like by track eight, I've gotten wise to their tool belt, like what they do as a band. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I get it. I don't know if it quite works on this song for me, but I get it. Like you're expecting it at this point. Exactly. It's not like you're not surprised by stuff. Exactly. That, that makes sense. But I would agree that the production is cool. They made some interesting choices. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. And I, I do think that it was a weird, because like classic song about being like on the road, but for a band like this, like and to this kind of audience, I feel like that's a weird song for them to like right. relate to. And I mean, I'm all about them like writing like from the heart or yeah. like what they like want to talk about. But yeah, it is a weird kind of like, uh, like, so sad for us, but it's my delight. Yeah, to for I you mean, kids yeah, every yeah. Night. Like, it's a little self-centered. That, yeah. that is a little weird. Yeah, I did uh, talking about some of the music stuff. The song ends on a really it weird does. chord. Did yes. you guys like notice that? Yeah, I, I did didn't do any research. Yeah. Okay, because I was, I was. Yeah, that's such a weird chord to end on. Okay, so the song's in B. I found this out from just playing like an online keyboard at work. I love that. I love that that's where you spend your time. We just look. Yeah, that's how I find this stuff out. Doing your homework. Yep. So the song's in B, but it ends on a G. That's weird. Which is like the augmented fifth. It's not even like the tritone. I expect it to be like 
the tritone between the four and the five, but it's between the five and the six. That's so weird. So it's either diminished sixth or yeah. augmented fifth, which is a that really super is. random chord to end on. Bonkers. So I had a fun time digging into that. Yeah. But yeah, interesting choice. If you didn't dig into that, then I could see how this song could pass you by. It was as ethereal as a flicker on the wind. <laughs> a flicker in the wind. That's right. Uh, I appreciated that they put a little shaker bit at the end in what I think is the tempo of God shaped hole, but I didn't have my crossfade set up for it to work. So it just shakered and then went silent and then, and then God shaped hole starts. So it's almost like maybe the way the tracks exist on a CD, for example, maybe there is a really beautiful crossfade there and it transitions into the next song really well, but I couldn't get it to do that on my Spotify. I played with my crossfade settings and I still couldn't get it to work. You know what? It's okay. We forgive you. Thanks, bud. <laughs> I appreciate that. Let's move on to track number nine, God Shaped Hole. The fact that this could be the title of a song reveals how different a time the 90s were. Well... Okay. <laughs> what are you going to think? <laughs> Nothing. It was probably, it wasn't probably, it was very inappropriate. So go ahead and save me from myself. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because this song, like you were talking about in the, in the 90s, not to be confused with the 1999 Plum song, song yes. by the band Plum, like the fruit yes. that also appeared in Bruce Almighty. Um, and I was like, what a weird, like, it's such a weird song title name. And I looked it up. There's only like, there's seven different artists on Spotify that have song titles with this name, so more popular than I expected it to be. But this was like a cultural so, thing, like in the 90s, right? Like was. fill the God-shaped hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, ca- I can't, I, I can't, I can't talk about shaped holes. Hey, so I traced it a little bit though. Okay, because one of the first mentions that I found was in 1996 on Wilco's "Misunderstood." Oh wow! Or on 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 being there. The first song on being there, misunderstood. Jeff Tweedy says, "God shaped hole." So this was obviously like a cultural mm. thing for him to write it. Bono right. says it on Mofo and on Pop in 1997. Oh wow! So this was a big cultural. Everyone talked thing. about their God shaped holes. So everyone's talking about <laughs> God shaped holes in the 90s. I hate that. <laughs> it's a weird thing. I hate, it's I hate not that good. terminology, that language of like. But yeah, it is. It is because I think culture is changed apparently there's some philosopher named blaze pascal that sort of i don't know if he coined the phrase necessarily but like came up with the idea in 1670 he he was a french philosopher he published the piece pensee which is french for thoughts and it it just says what else does this craving and this helplessness proclaim but that there was once in man a true happiness of which all that now remains is the empty print and trace this he tries in vain to fill with everything around him, seeking in things that are not there that that help the help he cannot find in those that are, though none can help, since this infinite abyss can be filled only with an infinite and immutable object. In other words, by God himself. So apparently the idea goes back to the 1670s. Wow. Is this, uh, Thank you for that history lesson. Professor Philosopher's Conceptual Corner. That's right. Welcome to it. And we're done. <laughs> that so was very cool. Actually. So maybe Wilco was getting philosophical. <laughs> Probably that would make sense to me. Um, yeah, I didn't love this song, guys. No, 
Me neither. Uh, but this this was like okay. So we talked about this a little bit on the Sanctus Real and the Mercy Me episode. It did seem pretty indicative of the time. This was sort of the song that was like about all the people. Here's all the people. We're going to like save the people. Let's go do that. But get out of here. <laughs> Over it. No, I kind of that too. And like I don't know. I'm just tired of it at this. point point like i guess i wasn't in the 90s and people weren't in the 90s but to me it's a much more because i was thinking of doing a professor philosopher's theological rewrite of this song but to me what would make it more because it feels like it's all and this happened a couple times on the record where it's like people just like out there they just need god they just need and it's like always like an us versus them kind of thing Mm -hmm. yes and to me i would have liked this song would have hit home a lot more and been a lot more impactful i feel like if he was like like even still like recognizing like because when you set up that mentality is very much like oh if you don't have god then your life he says like hollow lives i think in this song so it's like you have hollow lives but then it's like really like even as a christian like you need more like you need god every day so it's like i feel like it should be more postured to like him being like like even I have a God-shaped hole that I need more of God in my life. Cause otherwise it's just like, once you get God, all your problems are going to go away. And that's obviously not true. Right. So then it's like, but if you posture it that way of continuing to have a God-shaped hole, even after you're a Christian, then I think it is less us versus them. Right. Yeah. And more inviting and more personal too. It's the form that it exists in is a little simplistic Mm -hmm. and like exclusive and sanctimonious and like, holier than now yeah it was just something that we saw so often yeah we saw on this record before like on some earlier songs and we just saw a lot on this in this time as well with that kind of yeah approach it just felt a little bit like oh i know more than you Mm -hmm. yep um and halfway into the song i just said how is this the same band that played chivette right some kind of zombie and i know i was just like what i know i hated it (laughs) The only thing that, that got me through it was, and this is incredibly inappropriate, but if you change the name of the song, if you replace God with butt, then it's great. <laughs> it's a hilarious parody song from the late 90s. Because we all got a butt-shaped hole. Or a shaped, or <laughs> shaped butthole. I don't know. Something, something, something butthole <laughs> makes it work. Well, this has been Church Jams Now. My name is Kylan. I retire, I guess. <laughs> I'll stop talking about buttholes. <laughs> shaped buttholes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Please uh, leave this all in. Yeah. All right, so track yes. 10. <laughs> last track on the album. Uh, track 10, <laughs> Super Friend. <laughs> Super Friends. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> And we're back. Yes. Why is this at the end of the album? Agreed. I like that it Should ends the record on a on like a energetic note, though. I guess, but you could have as opposed to a slog. Yeah. I guess that's a good point. But I I said you could end with something like new body, and still kind of have that like high energy and just like mm. this song deserves more than to be at yeah. the very end of the of the album. This song sounds like something from Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. 
It absolutely does. I could I could make an infinite grind work for the duration of this yes. song on Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. Um, I said it dips down to the halftime section a little sooner than I was expecting on the front part of the song, but then it comes back, and that kind of makes that short section of the punk beat mm-hmm. work. Uh, also, I really love the roads. Yeah, that's very cool. That was great. This was one where I feel like the lyrical quality left me wanting more especially mm. if i'm like if we're gonna close this album yes that has had that started off so strong like wish of it and right even some of the the more wonky lyrics like going to like god is like a super friend feels kind of basic and like yeah a little childish like last minute in this studio that mark's like oh i gotta write lyrics for this song i gotta record like in 30 minutes uh jesus is a friend of mine i'm gonna sing about that like uh, so. super friend yeah super yeah friend. that's what we'll call it yeah so that was because <laughs> like or musically i it's wonder a- if like if super friends was on tv like in the studio he was watching super friends yes yeah He's like, I'm going to win this over for God and make super friends for Jesus with Jesus. <laughs> I, that was one for me that I was like, uh, I got to. I will say the the punk rockabilly feel on this one is super fun. I know. It's like ZZ Top and No Effects had a baby. Yes. And that baby Ooh. was Reverend Horton Heat, who grew up, fell in love with Maylene and the Sons of Disaster, and they had a baby named He is Legend. But it's not as heavy because maybe no, like the He is Legend not. baby, like filled Alanis Morissette's God-shaped hole and became super friend. <laughs> and who was ants with Sadie, Sandy Patty or something like that. Because yes, Sandy Patty yeah, had exactly. to water it down to make it yeah, where it wasn't like a He right. is Legend kind of sound. She was a major influence in He is Legend's yes. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But the way it ends with that... A little southern metal. I was bummed that this was like at the very end of the record because it like got me pumped for more record. But we've also been listening to some very, very, very long albums. <laughs> That's true. I was thankful this was only like forty something minutes. I yeah. know. It's, it's a quick good. ride, comparatively. That's true. So okay, Kylan, let's hear your alternate track list. Cool. Wait, are we counting? Are we including the remix or not? Oh, do you want to talk about the remix? I didn't. The remix include didn't the remix. do anything special. For I didn't me. even listen to I it. I listened to it. Cause we talked, I think we talked about it maybe in part A. But I said I was surprisingly not too fatigued by this album enough to enjoy this track. I listened to it, but like I still had enough listening energy to like enjoy it as a yeah. treat on the end. But it didn't do much for me. I just in general don't like remixes. Like whenever a band would be like, "We're coming out with a special edition CD," I was like, "Sweet, I'm gonna get it." And they're like, "It's just remixes." I'm like, oh, "And all it is is just remixes." I, and... I couldn't care less. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree. I just don't like remixes. Well, it would be interesting if if bands, I don't know, as someone that like actually has a pretty healthy appreciation of like dance music, I just wish there was more of a distinction between like dance remixes and like just like re mixing an album yes. the way they do like Beatles albums now, like remastering and stuff. Right. Like, I wish they would say, like, dance remix or Versus just, like, an actual, we took all the instruments and just mixed them a little bit different. Like took like, stuff out. Yeah, yeah. Exa- right. like, yeah, like the Beatles, like the Let It Be, like, Naked Mix. That album is awesome. Right. Um, yep. Yeah, I agree. There was, like, a real uh, disconnect with, like, the 
vocabulary with remixes. Yeah. I'm no. Yeah. Whenever like I'm like if I say I'm like oh I just need to remix that I sound like I'm about to make a dance version <laughs> right. of that and I and that's I the thing if that. I say that yeah. I'm that's what I mean. <laughs> so the the terminology is very confusing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's an excellent um, point. <laughs> Yeah, my alternate track list. I have, we still open with Chevette, but then we go right into Blitz, yo. Just like, keep it rocking. I love that. And then right from Blitz into Some Kind of Zombie, because it's a little wow. bit lower energy, but bam, 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 like just hits you right in the face with it. Um, then you have People Like Me. Okay. Because then it's like, whoa, okay, what is this? Still keeping it like Fountains of Wayne, like pop punk, kind of fun. Still pretty high energy. Sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, then Super Friend, man. A okay. lot of energy. Wow. Boom, 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 a boom, lot of boom. energy on the front end. Uh, then you have Flicker and Lighthouse, because at that point, you can just skip them if you want to, and end with New Body. <laughs> How many songs yeah. is that? Is That's that eight. 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 Yeah. Eight? Okay. Yeah, okay. I Cut God-Shaped Hole and Lighthouse. Yeah. Those were my least All favorite right. on the record. So I oh, wait, no, no, no. I had Lighthouse. I said Lighthouse. Wait, what did I cut then? God shape hole and original species. I hated original species. I forgot. Uh, yeah, original species. species. Okay. So that's my alternate track list. I like it. Yeah. Um, so guys, Raul, do we have any final thoughts before we get into our uh, final judgments? I really enjoyed re-listening to this. It was a lot of fun. I did too. This was a really good uh, sort of reset after uh, Mercy Me. The album that shall not be named. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, it was good to have fun again. <laughs> yes, it was very fun. I I enjoyed writing a really bad screenplay. That was a great screenplay. Uh, yeah, I loved that. It was a great screenplay. Thanks. Don't sell yourself short. Thanks, guys. Uh, we're gonna call we're gonna call B twenty four and get it sold. B forty two. B forty two. B twenty four is little brother. Um, yeah, I don't know. I got really excited. When I first started listening to the record, and it's a really short record, I did start to get a little bummed out by the time like Original Species came around, and then especially uh, Lighthouse and Flicker and God Shaped Hole, like that whole kind of run, just like really bummed me out. Um, but I mean, do you want me to say whether it was a go for it flop or a bop? Yeah, Kylan, let it loose, Bring it man. Home. Bring it home. Um. Tell us. It was a bop. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was a bop. Right. It was a bop. But you know what? Like, by the skin of its teeth, man. Kind of similar to the Sanctus Real thing. Yeah. Um, yep. Lyrically, a lot of stuff stood out to me that, like, really kind of bugged me. Um, but kind of like Josh said, like, putting this on, like, when it was kind of just on in the background, it was great. The production was all that sort of, like, mid-90s alt-rock that... I am all about right um, and super fun and just that like one two three punch of like Chevette new body some kind of zombie right off the bat is like pretty rad and then you have blitz halfway through and super friend at the end so like I get like sonically like kind of what they were going for of like the hills and valleys right um, there was a lot that I didn't love but I will say I'll, I'll probably at some point in the next year or so find myself listening to this album again. Uh, maybe yeah. not the entire album, but most of the album, which for me necessitates a bop. Yeah, I like that. 
yeah, the fact that you spent the time to make an alternate track list to me tells me I just cut the songs that I hated. <laughs> right. Right. And you still had eight songs. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's that, still thirty something minutes. Yeah. That's right. long enough. That eighty percent score. But it, I mean if I could strong. I would also cut Flicker and Lighthouse and probably New Body. And I would just have an EP of Chevette Blitz, some kind of zombie people <laughs> like me and Super Friend. Which would be a hell of a bop. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm with you. It, it's a bop for, for Tej, but it, it does kind of just like skate across the line. It's got some um, caveats to that bop. Yeah, for sure. But the old, yeah. The old bop caveat. The old bop <laughs> caveat. Um, but I, I liked it. Um, uh, you should it change was... the name of your lead character in your screenplay to bop caveat. <laughs> okay. Well, that could be his full name. Keylorn Bop <laughs> Caveat. I love it. Yeah. Josh, do you, but Josh, I mean, how do you feel being that the character is based on you? Yeah. Is that okay? Do you feel uh, represented? I'll allow it. I apparently already signed away my likeness to this podcast. So, yeah. yeah I don't know you, if you I did. have to say you at did. this point. Yeah. Yeah. You don't actually have rights as a human person yeah, anymore. But I appreciate so. you asking me, even if it's just for formality's sake. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're going to do yeah. what we're going to do anyway. Yeah. Like, like me designing a pillow with your face on it. <laughs> <laughs> Look out, Jammers. That's coming. But it happened. It's a real thing. I've seen, I've seen mock ups. <laughs> so, does this album bop, Josh? Or does it blow? I got to say, I am pleasantly surprised by y'all's. Um, bop ratings of it really um yeah yeah i kind of experienced what you did where it starts off super strong and then i was like oh, i was really feeling it and then you kind of get to some of like the middle stuff but like you said they do space out the energetic tracks enough in there um kind of keep you hooked and yeah yeah and for me like the lyrics were the weakest part for me 100%. it wasn't anything yeah. that i was like this is the worst i want to turn this off but it was like this could be better. Like right, you could improve right. it, but nothing that I was like, it was too much for me, but music wise, production wise. And I was like, and probably anything that we came to after that mercy me episode would have felt like a nice <laughs> breath of fresh air. Right, right. So I'm sure that helps too, but that probably had something to do. With yeah. It. But oh, I mean, so I, true. I loved the music on it. I loved the production on it. So I'm like, I, I probably would have bopped it just on Chevette and Super or some kind of zombie alone. Yeah. Like I feel like those were strong enough to carry the rest of it to Bop Town. But musically I think the rest of it is great. Holds up. It's like the perfect amount of like sounds like the nineties, but in a good way. Right, exactly. So uh, yeah. So I'm like lyrics could be better, but I can't flop it based on one part of exactly. the whole musical experience. So sure. it's a bop. Right. Straight into Bop Town. Well, there we go. Wow, guys, is this when was the last time we had all three of us had bops? Bop an album? I mean, we did two lefts. I guess two lefts, yeah. Was, yeah. Um other than that, like take me to your leader, maybe? Mm. Well, guys, we did it. We listened to a record as three adult men. Yes. And we, we did it. It was just a big accomplishment. And we somehow came out on the other side as humans still. We're not undead flesh eaters. Speak for yeah, yourself. Yeah, not as much zombies as I would have liked, oh, like I said before. Kylan's undead now, Josh. I could have used, oh, that's true, because Keylorn, oh, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot that was me. We yeah, confused yeah. Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so, Bob Caveat. 
zombie captain. <laughs> For the record of some kind of zombie, the record I could have used more zombie. Yes, stuff that's throughout. what I mean. Yes. So I wish there was enough that. stuff to to warrant a sticker from Lifeway Christian bookstores yes. <laughs> on this record. It deserved much more. But I think this would definitely 100% be a bop if, like my wife said, this entire record was sung by Alanis Morissette. <laughs> this would all totally fucking rock as an Alanis record. Yeah. Like post Jagged Little Pill, she came out with some kind of zombie and just did all these songs. <laughs> but with her voice, I mean, it would be incredible. I'd yeah, be here for it. That would rule. Well, that's all I got. For sure. Well, guys, please follow us on social media, on Instagram at Church Jams Now, on Twitter at Jams Now Podcast, Facebook, Church Jams Now Podcast. Just search for us. We also have a Patreon where if you like this kind of stuff, we do more stuff and you can get it ad-free starting at only $2 a month. What a deal. Uh, Josh looks sleepy and he's ready for bed, so we will bid you all farewell. Uh, Good night. Alvita Zane. I don't know. I, I turn into characters from The Sound of Music after a certain point. Yes, from from Keylorn, Joff, and FJ. I'm Joff. This has been another episode. Peace out. Of Church <laughs> Jams. Now. Church Jams now. Church Jams now.